Morning, Gloria America. It's Hugh Hewitt. The G20 is underway in Hamburg, Germany. Pictures of Donald Trump, Angela Merkel, President Marcon, a handshake between the president and President Putin, Theresa May walking around like the zombie prime minister she is. All very interesting. The president sits down with Putin in an hour or so. It will be off the air, but I'll bring you all of that on MSNBC tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. when I sit down to talk about the events of the week with Daniel Silva, Perry Bacon, and Anna Maria Cox. But this is the last radio hour of the week, which means it is the Hillsdale Dialogue. Each week at this time, I talk with Dr. Larry Arner, one of his calling, uh, colleagues in this case, Dr. Matthew Spaulding, the director of Hillsdale College's Kirby Center in Washington, D.C., about matters of long-standing consequence, big subjects, big issues, and Dr. Matt Spaulding runs the Kirby Center. But if you wish to have all things Hillsdale, you go to hillsdale.edu, and you can apply to the college. Now is a good time to do that. Or you can visit hughforhillsdale.com to get all of these dialogues dating back to 2013. They are quite an incredible archive. Uh, good morning, Matt Spaulding. Good to talk to you again. Good morning, Hugh. How are you? I'm great. I'm going to cover North Korea, the Poland speech by President Trump. But first, I have to read to you. It just came out. Ted Cruz, our friend, a frequent visitor at the Kirby Center, has put out a memo on the consumer freedom option that he hopes will save, repeal, and replace. It says specifically, Obamacare's insurance mandates cause premiums to skyrocket. To address this problem, the Senate health care bill should add a provision that would allow consumers to buy and insurers to sell health insurance free from Obamacare's insurance regulations, but still subject to state law, while also permitting consumers to continue to buy plans subject to Obamacare's insurance regulations, including pre-existing conditions with financial assistance, specifically under consumer freedom. If an insurer sells at least one Obamacare-compliant plan on a state's exchange, that insurer would be permitted to sell any other plan that consumers want. Freedom plans would still be subject to state insurance protections. Premiums of freedom plans could be paid from HSAs. Obamacare's insurance regulations, including pre-existing conditions, are maintained. Consumers would have the ability to buy plans subject to these regulations on Obamacare's exchanges. And in order to reduce costs, these on-exchange Obamacare-compliant plans will continue to receive federal and state financial assistance through premium tax credits, the stability and innovation funds, and other innovative funding mechanisms. End of memo. Uh, very sweeping, Matt Spaulding. What do you think of this? Well, I think we're moving towards deal, it sounds to me like. Um, the domestic policy head, the White House, Mark Short, made it sound like the White House is, is good with that amendment. And McConnell, reports are that McConnell's, uh, that amendment was one of the things they sent to CBO to get uh, analyzed. So I think he's figuring out how to bring in, you know, that'll bring in Cruz, Lee Johnson, probably not Rand Paul. But, Why uh, not that's Rand the way Paul? You do it. Why this is so pro freedom? Why not Rand Paul? Well, I, I think Rand Paul is a is an unusual case uh, given his his pedigree. Uh, to what extent is he? You know, this is a test of him, right? He's trying to make a distinguish himself from his father, Ron Paul, who never voted for anything hardly because he kept true to his you know strict libertarian philosophy. Uh, that did allow him to make prudent decisions, to go back to our, our constant theme here. Um, so he's kind of an outlier. He's, he's put himself farther out on a limb. You know, Cruz and Lee and Johnson are, are solid conservatives, uh, but they also know that to advance conservative ideas, 
sometimes you got to figure ways through the maze and, and make take some steps. Um, libertarianism, or at least, and in, in, in this is a, like I said, this is a challenge for Rand Paul. He's trying he's tried to adjust his his views on this somewhat. Uh, it is a harder case. Um, there, I think, what's probably more likely to get him is, you know, McConnell. Remember, recall McConnell is the only one who endorsed him during the during his presidential campaign. His fellow senator from Kentucky. Uh, it's probably going to be that kind of thing that cajoles him into maybe supporting this. But he might be but, one but, of the but, one of the two they're gonna, not going to get. On an intellectual level, this is a as freedom advancing. Uh, health care initiative, as I have seen in eight years of Obamacare coverage. And Ted Cruz, not surprisingly, the smartest guy in the Senate, has come up with it. And uh, I assume Mike Lee and Ron Johnson will come along with it. And indeed, along with subsidies to Medicare and additional, you know, the $45 billion fund that Rob Portman and Shelley Moore Capito wanted, I think we might get 52 because Susan Collins can't object. To I mean, Susan Collins might object on the basis of being um, uh, pro-abortion rights. That would be her only reason. So you might lose one there. But I really do think this threads the needle, and I really am optimistic about next week. Do you think it would survive in the House if it... By the way, and if the parliamentarian rules it out of order, I'd overrule the parliamentarian. Because this has clearly well, got uh, budget impacts. Yeah, that's right. I mean, this is that's going to be, have to be the call. I mean, if, if they try to throw this out of reconciliation, they've got to go over that. Yeah. Uh, but, but you're right. It'll pull others in as well. Um, and then there'll be the, the hard cases will be very individual, particular cases. I mean, you know, Heller is uh, put himself out pretty strongly on a limb, too, and he's looking at his reelection. Uh, so, you know, there there will be a couple of hard cases here. I, I, I am I was uh, less optimistic before for a little bit. But this is this is a, an optimistic move. And I think now, if Cruz is behind it. Uh, they'll have a strong position in the House. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And, and I believe that that I'm just getting too optimistic. Bad stuff can happen over the weekend. But I do trust in Mitch McConnell. And I do think Tred, Ted Cruz will bring along Mike Lee, who put himself into something of a corner uh, and he can get out of it. And Dean Heller has got a, a, a massive, dis, you know, a, the destruction of health care insurance in Nevada is underway under the old system. So he's got a reason to change plans. We will see. Let's turn now to North Korea. I learned from Dwayne that you and Secretary Rumsfeld used to work on missile defense. Explain for our, our audience your background well, I, on this. I, I, I worked for a fellow named Steve Cambone. Uh, oh, you bet. I did re research for him on missile defense, and start, starting back in the 1980s uh, with the original SDI uh, for, for the Reagan administration. And Steve was then uh, later uh, Rumsfeld's right-hand man doing all of his work on missiles and missile defense. You know, I spent yesterday at Carter Rock uh, of the Navy Sea Systems, one of their great research facilities. Uh, they've got so many great scientists, and we talked in whatever unclassified could be talked about, about missile defense and how you have to hit stuff. What Reagan imagined is reality now, and our interceptors are working. And North Korea's got to worry that even if they get their ICBM, it won't get past, you know, 100 miles past Korea. Well, you know, what, what amazed me about this whole conversation, going back to the 80s, uh, at, at the time, right, uh, Reagan's vision, it was a very large vision. I think it's still not completed by any means. It's still, I think, the strategic argument to be made. Uh, but North Korea was an issue in the 80s. The argument for a limited strategic defense was to deal with a, a rogue state like North Korea. Um, so... It, it, you know, we can talk about all the other options here, but strategic defense 
is the, 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 the key to solving this situation. The problem is that I think North Korea is near a breakout. They've, they've crossed a line, and now I think it, it, it's, they're ahead of where we are in terms of our defense. So we've got to catch up real quick. Uh, you, know, you have theater defense like THAAD. Uh, we don't have a midterm defense system deployed that's it's, it's good enough. And eventually you're going to need to get up. Uh, you're going to need assets in space. Yeah, and, and you, you and live with limits about what you can strike. There are there are some great. Um, I, I, I think it was Raytheon. It might have been Boeing. It might have been Lockheed. Intercepted. Uh, they ran a test last month of a well, uh, right. intercontinental, and it was successful. And, and it's, 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 it's very successful, and it's extremely important. Um, and but we got to you know get that moving. And the the Obama administration set back a lot of this work, and now we're we're behind. That, that is the other thing, is that for eight years, uh, yesterday Poland announced they're buying the Patriot system, and good on them, but we got to remember Obama canceled that unilaterally to the dismay of our Polish allies right. eight years ago. And we took like another eight-year holiday from history, just like we did with Bill Clinton. Well, that's right. And, and you know, we have, for our own defense, we have, what, 30 or so fat uh, interceptors in, in Alaska. We have two in California. Right. Uh, South Korea, where this is now the key moment, they've got a couple. But the president over there is kind of slow walk the system. Um, you know, it's it's operational, but not completely set up. Uh, we're 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 behind this. This this is where we start talking about which you, which you talked to with Graham Allison one time before the the trap you get into by, you know, when, when great powers are competing and you've got another power who's uh, kind of a rogue in the middle, uh, and you might have something trip a, a uh, conflict, well, how do you prevent that thing from happening? I think from our, our end, it's really being ready with the technology to prevent it from happening. Yeah, a, a Manhattan Project acceleration of what has already become. The Carter Rock scientist showed me yesterday that we are capable of amazing things, given the brains that work for the American military. When we come back, we talk about the president's Poland speech with uh, Matt Spaulding, director of Hillsdale College's Kirby Center. The Lantern of the North, Hillsdale College, all things Hillsdale at Hillsdale.edu, has a lantern in D.C. in the shade of the Capitol called the Kirby Center. And we talk with Matt Spaulding, its director, when we return about an amazing speech. Stay tuned. Welcome back, America. It's you, Hewitt. It is the last radio hour of the week. That means the Hillsdale Dialogue. All things Hillsdale, available at hillsdale.edu, and including the college application, which all of you ought to be filling out so that you can go to the Lantern of the North and actually learn and become ready to excel in the next 25 to 50 years. Matt Spaulding runs the Kirby Center, the Lantern of the North's outpost in the shade of the Capitol. He and I are going to go walk through the president's speech now. Uh, Matt Spaulding, let's play the first clip. He's standing before the monument in Warsaw with an enormous crowd, which has been belittled by critics of the president for having been bust in, even though people were bust in to John Paul II's historic mass as well. That's what you do to get to a speech. You get bust. Here, <laughs> here, here's uh, President Trump in front of the memorial to the Warsaw Uprising, cut number two. The Poles have not only greatly enriched this region, but Polish-Americans have also greatly enriched the United States, and I was truly proud to have their support in the 2016 election. It is a profound honor to stand in this city by this monument to the Warsaw Uprising 
and to address the Polish nation that so many generations have dreamed of. A Poland that is safe, strong, and free. President Duda and your wonderful First Lady, Agata, have welcomed us with the tremendous warmth and kindness for which Poland is known around the world. Thank you. I sincere, and I mean sincerely, thank both of them and to Prime Minister Shedwo, a very special thanks also. We are pleased that former President Lech Walesa, so famous for leading the Solidarity Movement, has joined us today also. Thank you. Thank you. Matt Spaulding, what do you think is the significance of having Leck there and of uh, checking off the size of the crowd, just the entire, we'll get in the substance of the speech, but the entire pageantry of the day? Well, I, I, I think you're, you're right in pointing out that it was, it was an amazing event and an amazing place. His tone and how he approached it is, is a key portion of that. This, you've already alluded to John Paul II's great uh, events in Poland, but he's, he's also you know, channeling it. There's a, there's, it's a very Reagan-esque speech. It's a big speech. It's a big thematic speech. And throughout, and you see it in these earlier passages here, he's weaving some themes together, which is very important. You know, one is his nationalism theme. He talks about Polish citizens and American citizens. Later, when he talks about you know, Jewish, um, uh, the, the Jewish Poles, he talks about your Jewish, your Jewish citizens, right? So the nationalism is there, but he's clearly putting that in a broader context. We're going to learn more as you go through the speech. It's going to be a big context. Uh, he's looting back to the Cold War the end of the Cold War, the rebirth of Poland, and this great nation of Poland. So he's, he's tying together, I think, his nationalism themes, which he's often criticized, and I think never quite fully developed. But now they're developing it, and we're realizing what that nationalism means. It means something larger than the narrow view he's often accused of. It's going to be a defense of the West. Uh, yeah, and that is they're, they're, what's amazing to me, Matt, and we'll play more after the break. We've got a minute to the, to the break here. Most people didn't even hear the speech. They missed it because they, they, they're so anti-Trump, they can't hear what he's saying. No, that, that's right. Or, or they'll pick up on a few things or they'll make uh, narrower criticisms. I mean, this, this is a case where you got to hear the guy out and, and hear it, but also you know, read through it. I think this was a, a wonderful speech. I loved the speech in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. I think that was very important. Uh, but this is extremely significant. I would probably say the most significant foreign policy speech uh, he's given. I agree. And when we come back, I'm going to play f- uh, for the audience to hear some of the reasons why Matt Spaulding, director of the Kirby Center for Hillsdale College in Washington, D.C., is absolutely correct. The West will not be broken. It's going to go down there with uh, President Trump's demand of imams in Islam to say to their believers their souls will be fully condemned. Already, six months into the presidency, we have two memorable lines. Their souls will be fully condemned. The West will not be broken. Ask yourself, what memorable line do you get from President Obama's speeches? Stay tuned. Welcome back, America. It's Hugh Hewitt, 33 minutes after the hour on this Friday. Last radio hour of the week means the Hillsdale Dialogue. Today with Dr. Matt Spaulding, director of Hillsdale College's 
Kirby Center in Washington, D.C. All things Hillsdale are available at hillsdale.edu. You can sign up there for the free, absolutely free, Speech Digest, uh, which will come to you monthly in Primus. You can get all of their online courses and, and educate and enrich your life. And all of my conversations with Matt, with Dr. Larry Arnn, the president of Hillsdale College, with all of their colleagues that have occurred going back, I think, to 2013, are collected for binge listening. If you're going anywhere for longer than 40 minutes, you might want to download a Hillsdale dialogue from Hugh4Hillsdale.com, beginning with Homer all the way through to modern times. We're talking this week about a speech which may be uh, memorable in that regards. Matt, I asked uh, the team to marry the two key phrases of the Trump presidency in speech. The first uh, abroad, the first in Riyadh uh, last uh, two months ago, and the second yesterday. Let's play them back to back. Religious leaders must make this absolutely clear. Barbarism will deliver you no glory. Piety to evil will bring you no dignity. If you choose the path of terror, your life will be empty, your life will be brief, and your soul will be fully condemned. Just as Poland could not be broken, I declare today for the world to hear that the West will never, ever be broken. Our values will prevail. Our people will thrive. And our civilization will triumph. So, Matt Spaulding, two speeches, two different highlights. Mm. What do you make of them both? Uh, those are both very good highlights. These are excellent speeches, and they both point to, I think, a very important difference between the speeches. Um, uh, the, the speech in Riyadh, which was which was also brilliant, the distinction there was between uh, barbarism and decent people, right? This is a battle between barbaric criminals uh, and decent people. This is a battle between good and evil. Um, it was the negative side, if you will, right? Um, he made that clear distinction, and you got to choose. He comes to Poland and he, 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 his theme really changes here. He, he alludes to his speech in Saudi Arabia, and the, this menace which threatens all humanity. He talks about how we have these threats, one of which, by the way, includes – he makes a reference to the threat of bureaucracy. Um, but then he makes a turn. He makes a positive argument, where, which I was alluding to earlier, where his idea of nationalism now evolves, and he's now going to make the positive case for the West – and, and if we don't forget who we are, he says, we, we just can't be beaten. Uh, and then he lays out what he means by that, which I thought was, was, was uh, quite amazing. Uh, there's nothing, never been anything like this community of nations, which is now about American, Poles, and the nations of Europe. And what does he say? He, we, we write symphonies. We pursue innovation. We celebrate heroes. Let, let's play a little bit of brilliant. that. Let, let's play this cut number wonderful. four. Yeah, this is Donald Trump talking about Poland. Cut number four. Despite every effort to transform you, oppress you, or destroy you, you endured and overcame. You are the proud nation of Copernicus. Think of that. Chopin... St. John Paul II, Poland is a land of great heroes. And you are a people who know the true value of what you defend. 
The triumph of the Polish spirit over centuries of hardship gives us all hope for a future in which good conquers evil and peace achieves victory over war. You know, Matt Spaulding, that is, that's actually profound because mm-hmm. Poland does represent that. No, that's right. It, 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 he is now turned to, I mean, it, he, as he said, Poland is the heart, the center of Europe. And he's, he's drawn that out. He went there in particular to make this speech. I, I think he's making a, a, a actually quite profound statement about uh, Poland, about Europe, and about the West. I mean, think about it. This is a theme which has been out of our politics for some time, the, the Obama doctrine. But the, 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 the theories of, of modern liberalism in, in the world is to get rid of references to not only nation states and what they stand for, but the idea that there is something called the West. Right. They find that objectionable in and of itself. They do. Uh, and here is a full throated defense of all of those things and a full throated defense of NATO. In fact, I want to play that cut number NATO, five. Correct. Cut number five. As long as we know our history, we will know how to build our future. Americans know that a strong alliance of free, sovereign and independent nations is the best defense for our freedoms and for our interests. That is why my administration has demanded that all members of NATO finally meet their full and fair financial obligation. As a result of this insistence, billions of dollars more have begun to pour into NATO. In fact, people are shocked, but billions and billions of dollars more coming in from countries that, in my opinion, would not have been paying so quickly. To those who would criticize our tough stance, I would point out that the United States has demonstrated not merely with words, but with its actions that we stand firmly behind Article 5, the mutual defense commitment. Words are easy, but actions are what matters. And for its own protection, Europe, and you know this, everybody knows this, everybody has to know this, Europe must do more. Europe must demonstrate that it believes in its future by investing its money to secure that future. That is why we applaud Poland for its decision to move forward this week on acquiring from the United States the battle-tested Patriot air and missile defense system, the best anywhere in the world. Matt Spaulding, this is so amazing on so many levels. He's holding up Poland as an example. He's rebuking the European Union. He is saying freedom isn't free. He's accomplishing a lot in a very short space here. He is, and Poland is one of the countries that actually is meeting its obligations to NATO financially. Uh, So that's extremely significant. Uh, an important sub-theme here. Uh, he's pointing to, he's in the, in the heart of Europe, this, this, this nation is doing it, and it's got this great story. Um, the, other, the, the other theme that came out in that quote is, is he has, has made the argument that our interests, right? He, he's a man who, who wants to revive American interests. Um, our interests are to be found in common defense with our allied nations who are part of our civilization. 
that's a very important argument. I mean, it harkens back, among other things, to to Washington's farewell address, right? Our, our interests guided by justice. There's, there's a sense of what is what is just about the civilization and good and what is um, in our interest in terms of defending it. And let, let the fact me, that he picked Poland is, is fabulous. It is fabulous. Uh, people need to know, of course, and he gave them the Polish history lesson to begin. The predicate is right. there. People listen to it. Here is now to the com. This is the essence of the West. Cut number six. There is nothing like our community of nations. The world has never known anything like our community of nations. We write symphonies. We pursue innovation. We celebrate our ancient heroes, embrace our timeless traditions and customs, and always seek to explore and discover brand new frontiers. We reward brilliance. We strive for excellence and cherish inspiring works of art that honor God. We treasure the rule of law and protect the right to free speech and free expression. We empower women as pillars of our society and of our success. We put faith and family, not government and bureaucracy, at the center of our lives, and we debate everything. We challenge everything. We seek to know everything so that we can better know ourselves. And above all, we value the dignity of every human life, protect the rights of every person, and share the hope of every soul to live in freedom. That is who we are. Those are the priceless ties that bind us together as nations. Those are the priceless ties that bind, bind us together, Matt Spaulding. This is, look, he doesn't have the eloquence of Reagan, but he's got the ideas of Reagan impermeate this speech. No, that, that, that's right. This, this is a, a powerful, done, powerfully done speech. Uh, but the way he's, there, there's, a, there's a, a way in which he's, his, his bar has been set in a way, in terms he's, he's so hated, he's so vilified that coming from him, it's all the more powerful. Uh, and, and I think the, 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 the fact of this speech, given now, given at this moment, the timing of it in Poland, right in the center of Europe, is not only uh, strategic uh, and thought out and intended, but um, really kind of defines now what's going to go forward in terms of his foreign policy. But the, the, the essential argument here about what is this civilization, what is this culture, that, that, that Long quote, the passage you just played, is really the centerpiece of this. And I can't think of a better way to have stated it and laid out the parts. Everything is there, uh, up to including the, the idea of human life and, 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 and the soul uh, living in freedom. I mean, that's everything I is there. A better way of, of arguing what the essence of the West is. Everything is there. 30 seconds to our break, though, Matt Spaulding. But I don't, again, it's like explosions concussed most of American media. They spent yesterday obsessing about everything but what he said. No, that's right. They, they just, they, they've, I think they've, they've not read this or they're so, uh, they, they so do not want to recognize this or they're not willing to give him credit for it. Uh, but think back to the earlier presidencies like President Reagan. Uh, I, I think the problem is that we're, we're now far enough into this administration. They need to get over 
that. And if they want to criticize it, that's fine, but they should take it seriously for what it is and take him at his word and see what he says. There's something very important is going on here. The rest of the world, I think, is seeing this in a way that our own uh, media is not. And that's that's significant, but also could be problematic. It, 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 problematic if people don't change, if they don't open their ears. They've got to have ears. Let those with ears hear. Let those with eyes see. Uh, criticize when criticism is appropriate. And then listen and applaud when that is appropriate. I'll be right back with Matthew Spaulding, director of the Kirby Center, Hillsdale College's outpost in Washington, D.C. All things Hillsdale available at hillsdale.edu. Welcome back, America. This is the end of the radio week with the Hillsdale Dialogue. All things Hillsdale are available at hillsdale.edu. Their application for your yourself, for your children or your grandchildren, they really ought to apply. All of the online courses, which are for free on the Constitution, on the Progressive Era, all the stuff you need to know if you're continuing your education, keeping your mind alive. If you want to get the free speech digest in Primus, you sign up for it at hillsdale.edu. And if you like these conversations, you want to listen to them every single day of the week, then uh, by all means, you can go to hughforhillsdale.com. Matt Spaulding, I want to play one more cut from uh, Donald Trump's speech in Poland yesterday. And we can wrap up talking about this amazing week. Cut number seven, please. And that every foot of ground and every last inch of civilization is worth defending with your life. Our own fight for the West does not begin on the battlefield. It begins with our minds, our wills, and our souls. Today, the ties that unite our civilization are no less vital and demand no less defense than that bare shred of land on which the hope of Poland once totally rested. Our freedom, our civilization, and our survival depend on these bonds of history, culture, and memory. And today as ever, Poland is in our heart, and its people are in that fight. Just as Poland could not be broken, I declare today for the world to hear that the West will never, ever be broken. Our values will prevail. Our people will thrive. And our civilization will triumph. Uh, Matt Spaulding, there is a book by a fellow named Leo Strauss called The City and Man. And in the, inter- in the introduction, he says, the West will never be defeated even if it goes down in battle, if it holds to its principles. And I thought of that when I heard the West will never be broken. I don't know that a Straussian helped write this speech, but there was an echo there as well as an echo of the (laughs) the mystic chords of memory. Whether it was a Straussian or not, but it might have been a Hillsdale graduate. (laughs) I can tell you you that. (laughs) You bet. Um, No, there's something actually quite profound here. I I thought of, of, of Lincoln, if you recall, right? The, this country will, will never die by being defeated. It will die by if it dies, it will die by suicide. Yep. It has to believe in itself. And, and Trump says that here. I mean, that passage you read, but also earlier, he says, um, you know, it, it requires not just a commitment of money it's a commitment of will. Um, we don't forget who we are. We just can't. If we don't forget who we are, we just can't be beaten. Spirit will are throughout this speech, probably the, the word used most often is spirit. If you combine that, the, the spiritedness of this, with the, this profound uh, discussion of what the West is, and you put those two together, 
this is a uh, very deep speech, very powerful speech, combining those things about how we're going to defend ourselves. But therein is the challenge, right? The, the challenge is not merely the battlefield or being ready and prepared, if necessary, for the battlefield. Uh, the, the challenge here is being, uh, you know, can we, def- can we uh, have the courage to preserve our civilization in the face of those who want to subvert it? And indeed, uh, he brings that up, the Matt. Challenge of the West. Yeah. I, I want to play that so people understand that he was talking specifically to our adversaries. Cut number nine. Today, the West is also confronted by the powers that seek to test our will, undermine our confidence, and challenge our interests to meet new forms of aggression, including propaganda, financial crimes, and cyber warfare. We must adapt our alliance to compete effectively in new ways and on all new battlefields. We urge Russia to cease its destabilizing activities in Ukraine and elsewhere, and its support for hostile regimes, including Syria and Iran, and to instead join the community of responsible nations in our fight against common enemies and in defense of civilization itself. So, Matt Spaulding, I don't know how anyone criticizes this speech. I really don't. Look, this this is a um, uh, he's he's redefined what what we mean by alliances. This is not an isolationist or a non-interventionist. But on the other hand, he's not a globalist, in which it's everybody and anybody as long as we all continue diplomatic talks. Uh, his idea of alliances is built around common things, while we understand regimes, um, and then making distinctions that we commonly agree to. Uh, and there's there's a civilized world and there's a barbaric world. I mean, this is this is quite wonderful, and and I would argue very very much in line with uh, the 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 American tradition of how to understand the world. But yeah, really is, the, the the West understanding of itself. It is powerful because it is true. Matt Spaulding of Hillsdale College's Kirby Center. Thanks for uh, providing color commentary to President Trump's speech, the North Korean debate, and all the other news of the week, including the health care bill. Maybe the Cruz Freedom Amendment will be the subject of next week's Hillsdale Dialogue as we pop corks over a pass. Repeal and replacement of Obamacare, we shall see.